Hello, and welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Trevor Tortomasi, and this week I'm speaking with Leroy Yao. He's a Renaissance man of business with years of experience in consulting, investing, and creating in the world of startup companies. Leroy is a co-founder and the CEO of Taiwan Startup Stadium, an ecosystem builder working to showcase Taiwan's best startups to the world. Biggest question first: What makes a good startup? Oh, well, first I I wish I know. I mean, then I'll huh. make a lot of money. But then, uh, <laughs> uh, well, first I don't want to make it sound like I'm this renowned startup in- investor. But uh, I can share a little bit about uh, what I've been seeing, and more importantly, uh, some of my investor friends have been sharing with me. First, I think it's very important to define what startup is. I, I think sometimes people have different sort of perception and thinking around what a startup is. But if we're talking about really early stage. Companies, right? Sort of three, four guys getting together, start working on something. If we look at those things, then the best thing is really a sort of is about having great founders. If the question then is, what makes a really good sort of founders? I think、uh, there are a few things.、Um, the ability to create something out of nothing. That's very different from operating like a big company. Your mindset, the way you approach things, will be very different. Have the persistency, just a little bit crazy, because it's going to be like a roller coaster ride every single day, and you have to just keep going at it. And I guess you, you have to have some sort of unique skill set,、uh, because you can't be mediocre and be really good at starting something sort of completely new. So having some sort of skill set, and that could be a technology skill set or something else. So I think those are some of the things when we do sort of investment, we look for look look at the founders.、Uh, what what do they have? You have to、uh, make your minimum viable product too. How how soon does that come into the equation? These days, I think.、Uh, Is a lot quicker.、Uh, as if we talk about talking about like a, a an app, a website, you should get it out as soon as possible.、Uh, and uh, the point,、uh, the whole point about this MVP thing, right? And I think sometimes people have a different interpretation of what that is.、Uh, to me, it's about getting something out there so you can get customer feedback, right? As long as you can get customer feedback, that's the most important thing. Because half of the time, well, it's actually more than half of the time. Your original idea is probably a pretty bad idea, right? And then、uh-huh. the whole process about startup is getting all this feedback, right? Around okay, this is what we think is a great idea, but once we listen to all these people, then oh, maybe we should you know change, and that is why sometimes we have a term called pivoting. It's about changing different ideas. The whole idea is being extremely agile、uh, and find something in the market that we can actually serve. So, so that's the whole idea. What are the advantages of running a startup、uh, specifically in Taiwan?、Uh, well, a lot of people ask me that, and、um, I think first of all, again, it goes back to depends on what startup, right? If you run a startup like a pure internet startup,、uh, I don't know. Have you heard of an app called Picklatch? Yeah, yeah, I that, use it yeah, for it, memes. I'm、yeah. not supposed to say that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually the headquarters based in Taiwan,、mm-hmm. right? And then they have a great team here. So I think if you、uh, run an internet company, right, technically you can be everywhere. And I think when we take that into context, right, of course Taiwan is a great place、um, to build teams. I think Taiwan、uh, has a lot of talents that that committed, and you can trust them. Especially because when you build a small team, right, you need to be able to trust your employees. Right?、Mm-hmm. It's not like you can set up all these SOPs and you know check what they do on a daily, hourly basis. You can't. So I think with that,、uh, Taiwan、uh, is amazing. And then of course. 
another thing is if you work in a, in a startup it's so stressful you want to live in a great place right I mean this is one of the best cities in the world and that is why we've seen a lot of people actually you know so sort of relocating or moving uh, to Taiwan the last you know uh, six months what hurdles do founders face here in Taiwan and how are they working to overcome them the life of a startup founder is about overcoming hurdles so that's actually mm-hmm. your job so every single day there are different challenges you know you, you Hiring an intern could be a challenge. Uh, so I don't think it's anything specific to Taiwan. In fact, uh, if anything, I am um, Taiwanese government has been extremely supportive in this whole startup development. Uh, so from the national level to all the agencies down to now the city government level, everyone is really having this big push. So I think if anything, Taiwan actually has a more of an advantage if you want to run a, a startup. So fewer Taiwan-specific hurdles, but just in general, be prepared for a lot of hurdles yes. as a founder. <laughs> yes, that's actually the, the whole idea of being a startup founder. What shifts have you seen in the startup ecosystem since the pandemic began? If you look at startups within Asia, right? We, we all, all the startups in Asia share the same goals and issues. It's about getting beyond the local market. Right, because they, they want to expand and, and to open. So to do that, you have to establish all these overseas connections and therefore they join all these uh, conferences, startup conferences and meetings and matchups. And with the whole COVID thing, you can't do that, right? You can't physically go to all these countries. And therefore, we're seeing a lot of shift in online conferences and online, everything's turning Connecting online. people. Connecting people. Yeah. You spend a lot of your time now working at Taiwan Startup Stadium. Can you tell us first what is Taiwan Startup Stadium? Okay, so uh, we started about five years ago. Uh, it's a program supported by the National Development Council of Taiwan. And our mission has always been connecting startups uh, to overseas. And when we say we bring these teams to overseas to join all these conferences, we actually train them, make sure everything is good on LinkedIn. They have a nice little marketing blurb, uh, so on and so forth, right, to prepare them for, for all the those are opportunities. And that basically has been the bread and butter of what we have been doing. But in the last couple of years, we also see the whole sort of uh, change in this whole ecosystem. So we have been actually, instead of just bringing teams to join all these conferences, we actually start having our own events overseas. Because we feel like that's the best way to really have connection. So we have been holding, for example, a, a, um, a startup fundraising bootcamp. We have done that two times in Thailand. We have done it once in Japan, Vietnam, and also uh, Korea. So it's very interesting. And then actually the Korean government is asking us to go back and c- conduct those workshops. And I think I feel super proud that actually we, you know, Taiwan can do that. Mm-hmm. So we're not thinking just, you know, within Taiwan, but we, we feel like uh, there's a lot of opportunities to connect within the region too. Right. To help others and to also showcase how Taiwan is helping others. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. What kind of stuff happens at the boot camp? There are the lectures so that those are the technical things for example term sheets right so when you do startup investment you get a bit of term sheets or all those key terms so we sort of explain all the technicalities of all those things so that's one thing when the investors actually come into a a boot camp like this and then they do sharing it actually makes it a lot easier for the startup to connect with them right so it's not like they have to pitch them for actual funding but when we create the environment it actually creates a very nice sort of natural connection and matching right so uh, a typical case we have like 
20 to 30 speakers across two to three days. That's usually how we arrange it. And then we actually do another uh, fun thing we do is uh, role play. So we get startups from different teams. Uh, some will play the, as the startups. We give them a case. And some will play the investors. And they will start mm -hmm. negotiating and sort of walk through how would you sort of negotiate and talk with the investors. Uh, yeah, that has been super fun. Taiwan Startup Stadium, or TSS, has a program called Starting Lineup X um, that brings in companies from abroad. Can you tell me more about that? So we, uh, a lot of people ask us what is uh, TSS, you know, ecosystem builder, what do you guys do? Because a lot of people, especially if they're new to the startup world or ecosystem, they've probably still heard of the terms accelerators, incubators, so people ask us, are you incubators, accelerators? We're not, because uh, accelerators, incubators, you sort of run these programs by batches, cohorts, so you get a bunch of startups coming in, run a three-month, six-month program. Uh, we're different. We run this thing called membership because we feel like startups actually need longer term. They don't necessarily need these things within that three months or okay. six months. But so, that so can feel pretty fast if every day you're trying to... Exactly. Right, okay. And so therefore, we feel like, so we're offering a sort of alternative. So they join a program, they have all these uh, perks. So because we've been working with all these big corporates and getting like all these uh, great perks that we can offer them, but also at the same time, we, we joke about how we're more like a concierge. So they will call us and go, oh, how, how can I hire this um, intern who does not have a working visa here? So a lot of foreign startups or startups who have uh, foreign founders, uh, they naturally would contact us and ask for help. So we have been more like very much a customized uh, service for a lot of these startups. Talking about investors looking at which startups to invest in. Mm. Um, what makes a good elevator pitch? Okay, so so there are a lot of different types of pitches, right? Like the elevator pitch is supposed to be short, like 30 seconds, there are three minute ones, five minute ones, eight minute ones. But I think the most important thing is actually not the pitch. I think people sometimes mistaken pitch as just saying something. It's about making an impression, right? Especially in Asia, right? Uh, perhaps different from US where you might actually do an elevator pitch and an investor will write you a check. In Asia, it's not going to be that case, right? You're basically building that relationship. They sort of see you, they like you, and they want to follow up with you and they observe you a little bit, right? So it's really about building that connection and impression and relationship. Uh, another thing is, I think a lot of startups, founders, when they're sort of new to the game, when they say they have an hour within investors, they will spend like 50 minutes talking it's actually, that's a super bad idea. If you had, say, have an hour, speak at most 15 minutes, because all you want to do is get feedback from the investors. You want to impress them with how brief you can be? Yes, because okay. most of the time, if the investors actually, it's a real investor, they know the space, they probably know most of what you're going to tell them anyway. Right, right. So, so they are looking for for the, the specific talents or specific insights. So, having uh, make it more of a dialogue would be super, super important. So, don't just go in there and just talk for like hours. Okay, I have a sort of double edged question. Mm. Um, one is: Are there enough startups in Taiwan that you feel like there is always something new, or are there few enough that you feel like you can give more focused attention to each one? There are a lot of startups in Taiwan. Uh, I think 
that's a development that's going to continue within Taiwan, within Asia, and perhaps the world. I think the world is getting into everyone to sort of have their, their niche. They want to do their own thing. They want to start their podcast. They want to do all these things, right? And, and to me, you know, for example, starting a podcast or starting a blog is also what I refer to as a startup as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I use the term projects. They're all like different projects. Um, there, and there are a lot of great projects in Taiwan. Then I think to your question is, it depends on the role that you want to play. As an angel investor, most people don't invest like hundreds of companies, right? Unless you're super, super rich. You invest, you know, a handful. And a lot of it, the startups and yourself expect to put some time into working with the startups or so-called. I don't like to use the term helping startups because I think they're actually the one who make the magic happen. What word would you use? Just working with them. Working with them, okay. Because I think... I don't think as an investor, you're automatically smarter or better than the, the people actually doing it. Obviously, there are always things that others can help, but realistically, it's always about the founders making things happen, you know, uh, handling all the hurdles, overcoming all the hurdles. Uh, as investors, sometimes you have to be smart, you know, when to be um, quiet, I think is an important thing, when to mm -hmm. sort of keep your mouth shut and let them do their thing. Yeah, so so I, I guess it depends on how many companies you have invested in and, and how much time you want to work with them. What is disruption and why is this word <laughs> so often misused in the startup world? Is it misused? I don't know. I think I've, heard, I've heard it's been misused. <laughs> every, yeah, everyone has been using I think it's just over, it becomes more like a cliche. Um, to be honest, I, I, I don't think about dis disruption. I think the reason why I'm passionate about startups, I invest in startups, I work with them is they have a, the a unique ability to be a good company, right? There's a proper purpose. You actually do something positive to the society. I, I don't mean big companies don't do that, but as you become bigger, it's just a little bit more difficult, right, to navigate around all these specific issues. So I think instead of thinking about all this disruption, think of being a good company. I think that would be a good place to start. Can you tell me a little bit more about your background in general? So I was born in Hong Kong, and then typical to people of my age, we got the whole family uh, immigrated to Australia when I was 13. So I studied high school pretty much in Australia and university in Australia, and then went back to Hong Kong and then Shanghai a little bit. And then I was seconded to the Taiwan office about 12 years ago. Uh, that was when I was with the big fours. Yeah, and then I've been doing this professional sort of uh, consulting thing for most of my life uh, until recently getting to get involved in the whole startup thing. I read that you have degrees in computer and electronic engineering, etc. Uh, yes. I shouldn't say etc. Computer and electronic engineering, <laughs> accounting, laws, and education. Do you want me to list all of them? There's so many. It makes me feel dumb. Um, you have you have a lot of experience uh, managing, consulting with these things. What what was your hands-on experience? How did you start interacting with technology, and how did that lead into you? working on a, on a larger scale? All right, so uh, I was a um, partner at a, a big four firms. So there are these four international professional services firm. I was one of the partners. Uh, so I've been doing consulting on uh, business processes and, and governance and all the boring stuff. So yeah, that, that was basically my profession, my career. And then just uh, a few years back, I decided it was a bit 
boring. <laughs> so I thought you can okay, say that. Yeah, this is an open free space. Yeah, yeah. so it's a bit boring. Uh, you know, uh, no disrespect to all my colleagues uh, in the firm, uh, they do wonderful jobs. So I, I want to try something different, right? So uh, I left the firm, um, and that was about five, six years ago. Everyone was talking about this startup thing, you know, all this crazy development. So uh, yeah, and I started this uh, investment firm, Wayne Forty Three. Uh, 43 ventures uh, and start you know get your hands dirty right I think the best way to do anything is just you have to try it just like people ask me oh should I buy bitcoins and stuff I said just buy like what 100 bucks US bitcoins Mm -hmm. it's not going to kill you right but the process of buying it getting involved and start to get more sort of knowledge or just listening to different news will help you get into it so just try something and it's not going to kill you yeah I remember when people would say buy a Bitcoin back when you, back when anyone could afford a Bitcoin. <laughs> now it's like buy start off with like 0.05 of a Bitcoin. You see how you feel. Uh, you are also a venture builder. Um, what falls under the umbrella of ventures? Okay, uh, again, it's a little bit of an over. I don't know, it's a cliche, but to me, uh, the ventures or startups, um, I look at them as projects, right? So, I, apart from investing in startups, I like to get involved in all these ventures or programs uh, that are sort of new around innovation and startups. So to me, TSS is one of the projects that I'm involved with. I'm also involved in a AI consulting company in Hong Kong. That is uh, called Thinko. 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 So um, it started about three years ago and I worked with the founders and sort of built that thing from ground up. And so I like to get involved in all these different projects or ventures. So um, that has been something that uh, has been super fun for me and uh, I've been loving everything that I've been doing for the last few years. Have you ever decided not to invest in something and then later regretted it. <laughs> okay, I think we all do that, right? It's just like the Bitcoin thing. <laughs> and we all regret the, you know, the ones that we like. But that's part of the game, right? Like you cannot invest in everything. And uh, the funny thing about startups is, you know, one day is good, one day is bad. It's very hard to say, you know, what you've missed. So I guess... No, no. I, I mean, yeah, I can name some of the ones that I go, ah, you know, especially after a few beers, I would say that, ah, oh, you know, I missed investing in that one. But the great thing about startups is there are just so many great projects or great teams out there. So, yeah, there, there are always new opportunities. You've come a long way on this journey and invested in a lot of ideas, but regardless of relevance or any level of success, what has been your favorite thing that you've done? I, I really enjoy or seeing or w- witnessing people to turn something from zero to one, we always say, you know, see, or something out of nothing. Because it's, it's actually magical, you know, like from, oh, we talk about this crazy idea, we just talk, but to put action into it and turn it into something, regardless of, you know, how good or bad or how, how it's going to develop, uh, yeah, it's actually addictive. And I think because I, I do consulting a lot, when we do consulting, it's almost like new projects every, every day. So I think I've been always get involved in this doing sort of the new stuff mindset. But yeah, but, but turning something into a business, no matter how big or small, is, is an amazing thing. Is there anything that you'd like to say to founders, co-founders, and startup employees in Taiwan? All the great startup founders I, that I met and know, they are uh, intelligently stubborn, right? Because if you listen to people, you, you end up doing other people's things. Right? As a startup or, or startup founder, you, you're actually doing your own thing. So, yeah, listen, but don't listen to people. There are just too many disruptions and mm-hmm. comments. And, and Take what you need and then move forward yes, with your own yes, ideas. Yes. 
is before we before we sort of finish off is there anything else you'd like to say about startup stadium um i don't want to self-promote but you're allowed to (laughs) self-promote no but i want to say because i think sometimes the whole startup ecosystem and it's not a taiwan thing it's almost too small of a circle i really want to bring this thing to more of a mainstream so i think this podcast is fantastic just to let everyone um understand a little bit more about what this you know this bunch of crazy people are doing right so please uh reach out to me uh, you know for chat or online or a coffee chat anyone listening uh drop by our office we're at sintran uh, mm-hmm. so uh, come to our office have a chat if you want Sintran, to that's right over by guanghua right yes in the yes. big tall building yes. next to the okay Correct. so yeah please uh, have a chat with our team we have a very international team actually you know drop by and we can talk and share a little bit more about what we do all right thank you very much leroy for joining us today and thank you for listening to the amazing leroy yao this has been a taiwan talk until next time i'm trevor tordomasi on icrt fm 100